0: FM and KWFN HD1 San, San Diego, a radio.com's point station. Hey, this is Coach John Kentaur. Listen to the John Kentaur show from 12 to 3 on San Diego's number one sports station, 973 The Fan. This program is sponsored and produced by Wilsey Asset Management. Opinions and offers expressed during this program are not those of Intercom Communications or 973 The Fan.
1: Welcome to your commercial-free well, good morning, and welcome to the Smart Investing Show. I'm Brent Wilsey, and thank you for joining us this morning. I've been doing the Smart Investing Show, gosh, here in San Diego for local radio for 27 years. been a long time, probably be uh, 28 years in October, so uh, time goes by very quickly. Now, if you have an investment question or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding a company, we call them companies, stocks, uh, please call in at 833 288 0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973, and that'll get you through for your unbiased, no suits attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Chase, good morning. Good morning. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. We want to get to, through some great things here. We guys always take the calls and so forth. But first off, you know, I, I want to talk about the pandemic. It's going to cost the US economy about $7.9 trillion over the next 10 years a huge number and again it has been said it was probably a mistake
2: well and the the crazy thing is that is the real cost of it yeah that means that's adjusted for inflation if you actually just look at uh you know the nominal amount which doesn't account for inflation they're estimating about 15.7 trillion dollars and i mean you think about the impact that it is going to have on you know different jobs and I mean you've seen you know m- different bankruptcies during this period yep. you know now you're talking about I, I saw a tailored brands, which has men's warehouse and Joseph a banks the, the suit companies they might be filing. Bankruptcy. wait wait <laughs> I, I get my suits <laughs> at men's warehouse are they really fine yeah they're, they're talking about it. Talking I mean about it. I, th- they haven't filed just yet but I, it's one of the, the going concerns that they have you know 24-hour fitness I mean there's all these different industries that had to shut down that may have filed bankruptcy down the road. It, it's definitely a possibility, but this definitely accelerated that, and it's going to cause people to lose their jobs, and you know, it's going to wipe out some, I don't say industries, but it's going to wipe out some companies. Right,
1: and, and one thing that will happen is that sometimes things will flow. They say, oh, you know, the small jobs, small restaurants. Well, if, if you're going to go out to eat at a restaurant, unfortunately, you won't go to that small restaurant anymore because it's closed, but you will go to another restaurant, so the, the consumption will be there, but unfortunately, people will lose their jobs, and people lose businesses that they had invested into, and, and it, it's a sad story, and and, and again, I I don't want to say we did the wrong thing, we just didn't know, but it did seem very strange, like, yeah, let's just sh- shut down the economy so that uh, w- we're going to protect uh, people, uh, wasn't the right thing to do.
2: Yeah, and I, I do want to, of course, you know, point to the business owners that, that it, it really hurt them, um, you know, the, those people that put everything into their businesses, It, it it's It's not fair to them. And, you know, uh, people talk about the other side of it. That's one thing you got to look at, too, is it it has been really unfair to those people that have put their life savings into it. And they've tried to continue to pay their employees. And now they're looking at bankruptcy. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of conversations around it. As you said, you know, it's very easy to look back on in hindsight and say, yeah, we shouldn't have done it. But... You know, I I think there's going to be arguments over the next 10 years of what was the right course of action. And, you know, the reason we're kind of bringing it up now is it definitely seems to be winding down. Right, right, winding down. And and also, too, I mean, when I say we did the wrong thing, actually Prada
1: shut it down for a couple of weeks probably made sense. And that's what I think everybody thought the the attempt was. Okay, we'll do this for a couple of weeks. We'll kind of get things under control. But it's gone on. This is, what, uh, June, and there's still things in California and certain states around the country that still have – Business is not open. Uh, the one that, again, again, gets me, I talk about all the time, yeah, beaches are open, but not the parking lot. You know, just crazy things. And it it just irritates me, the control the government had over that, because it's just, it, you, you got some, I always call them silly people, making some silly decisions that, you know, again, we always laugh at politicians, and here they had so much control over what they did and hurt businesses and consumers. And, and, and now we've talked about how people weren't going to the emergency room and actually Instead of the uh, paramedics going to pick up someone that's having a heart attack to take them to the hospital, they said they would get there. And unfortunately, the person's already dead because they didn't want to go to the emergency room.
2: Well, and the other thing I look at, it, kind of selfish, but I I hurt my ankle about three months ago during the, the height of the pandemic. right? And I couldn't go get x-rays. And, you know, I, I was... I was like well i, I don't think i the those clinics were open to actually go get those x-rays and make sure my ankle was okay yeah. and, and now it still hurts right most of the time ankle injuries don't last three months so <laughs> i you know it, it's just kind of something that, that shut down the economy and you know the, the reason that i still want to talk about it of course is because i still think it's going to present volatility you're going to see you know we did see it on thursday yeah you know oh my gosh there's a the second wave is coming hospitalizations are up you know 40 percent about that in texas since they reopened and, you know, a uh, big advocate of uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, I think, very intelligent, uh, very intelligent guy. But he, he was on Fox Business yesterday talking, excuse me, on Thursday talking, saying, well, let's break that down. You know, 40 percent increase. That's 500 people in a state of 30 million people. And he said the reason we shut down the economy and he kind of said he was for the shutdown initially, but again, thought it was going to be much shorter than it was was we were worried about overwhelming our hospitals he said we have so many ventilators we have so much capacity a 500 person increase is not threatening whatsoever to the the health of the hospital system so you, you know you're going to con- continue to see those people I, i'm going to say the naysayers the negative people saying oh my gosh you know we're going to have that second wave we're going to have to shut things down and that's going to continue to present that stock market volatility and you know what we're, we're ready for it because I, I think there's some o- other great buys that we're kind of yeah. lying yeah and we got some cash again in the portfolio some things that actually
1: hit their target sell price that we did get out of um also too back to uh, the dan cranshaw uh, numbers there is that one thing that the media does is they hype the numbers and they don't tell the whole story because, again, when you talk about, yeah, it's up for 40%, 40%, that's what the media says. That was true. But when you say, yeah, it went from 300 hospitalizations to 500, I'm just throwing out numbers now, of 500, well, wait a minute, that's not very big. I'm not worried about that out of a state of 30 million. So that's what the media does. How can we spin this to make it sound bad? And that's why, you know, I, the only station I listen to, and they kind of irritate me a little bit lately, is CNBC. Yeah. Um, we do read The Wall Street Journal. We read Barron's. Um, but most, most of these other stations, their job is to get eyeballs to watch their news so they can sell more commercials, say, look, we got 30 million people watching our, pro- our, our, our show here so they can sell uh, higher commercials, more commercials, get more for them. Uh, they don't care what they're putting out there. They just have to get people's emotions going. So anyways, I'm getting way off <laughs> on a tangent here. But I know. I, it's yeah. just very frustrating. Uh, l- let's move on to another thing that's happening here, and in in, in we call the investment risk of retail investors. Uh, we worry about young investors and the risk that they are taking the stock market. It may be due to the lack of uh, availability of betting opportunities. I mean, gosh, they shut down sports, uh, no sports to bet on, couldn't go to the casino, which I think did open, what, a week ago. So I think uh, some of them were turning to investing as like, hey, I can, get that gambling high by buying a bankrupt company like Hertz or Chesapeake or some other crazy thing here uh, and, and not looking at true investing. And that's causing a lot of volatility in the market.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you can actually look at the numbers here and it does support the the thesis and uh, on why the stock market's been so volatile. I mean, y- you look at the retail side of things. I mean, Robinhood saw record deposits in the first quarter. Daily trades, this this is terrifying to me. Daily trades on that app were up about 300% compared to late 2019. People are going in and out, in and out. That's why yep. things are moving so much. I and mean, then it's not just even Robinhood. I mean, you look at the, the bigger players. Charles Schwab saw new accounts climb 58% compared to last year. TD Ameritrade well that was up 149% e trade up 169% so those are the retail accounts and those are the people that are you know getting into these these crazy investments, as you said, those bankrupt companies. Another one, I, I have a friend that bought Genius. Never even heard of Genius Brand. S- sounds like a good name, Genius. <laughs> I know. And it went from $0.10 cents up to like $10 and back down to $3. It, it's all over the place. It doesn't trade on the fundamentals. It's just trading on the, the price action, which burns a lot of people in the long term. And there's some people, wow, they made a lot of money but gosh, they can lose a lot of money quite quickly if they continue down that path.
1: Yeah, and it's something you wanna kinda of look at it as well. And we talk about the volume, what it really is, and we show people on, on crazy days, like on well normal days, the volume's about 0.3%. But the high high frequency days we got, like what the Dow was, what, down 1,800 points. Yeah, the volume probably spiked to about double that, about 0.6% of the volume. But a lot of that was caused by people going in and out, in and out, like you were talking about, the the traders and so forth. And people, the average person, like, oh, my gosh, everybody's selling. It's not everybody's selling. It's a select few like these people at Robinhood that open these accounts that want to trade. Your pension funds, your Warren Buffett, your your long-term investors, they're just sitting back saying, no,
2: we're not going to trade. And the, the sad thing is it's these people that are going to get burnt. And yeah. they're going to come back a few years down the road and say, oh, stocks are risky. You know, I lost a lot of money in it. And it's like, no, it's you, you did a risky thing. And rather than blame themselves, they blame the system. Yes. And, and that's the issue that, that I have with these people, you know, uh, trading so much. You know, you made a quick buck good for you. But you're taking these elevated amounts of risks and you're not going to be able to justify that long term performance. It's just not going to work in the long term. And you're getting this high of like 60, 70% gains. You're going to be stretching for that. And it's just not possible. If that was the case, gosh, we'd all be billionaires quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, but they make it sound so easy. Oh, yeah, I did this and just buy the fangs, do
1: this. And, you know, oh, that's great. And, and, and I, I'll never forget back in the tech boom and bust was well, I said, when your barber and your shine guy started talking about stocks, that was a danger part because that means that you had the uh, uninformed traders or investors that, that came in. Because they're not investors, they're, they're traders, and they, they think they know stocks. And, and we've heard people say, oh, you know, stocks are great. You know, it's a great gamble and so forth. Again, that's the key word. It is a gamble. And if you're gambling doing that, you're making money, congratulations. But the thing is, we're looking at investing, and you should be as well for two, three, four, five, 10,
2: 15, 20 years, this will eventually fall apart. Yeah, I mean, a a great example of this gamble is we Mm -hmm. looked at a uh, auto company, it's called Nikola. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's kind of funny, it's Nikola, it's Nikola Tesla. So there's now two companies named after uh, Nikola Tesla. But Nikola is a electric truck manufacturer. And it's amazing, They, they, I don't want to say IPO, they, they they went through a process that is quite unique where it's called like a blank check company, essentially bought Nikola, then they they merged together. It's almost a, right. it's a little bit more complex than a traditional IPO. But the uh, IPO price, we'll call it, was about $34 a share. And at, at one point it spiked, gosh, about 176% uh, in a matter of just a few days. Now I'll let you tell the crazy part here. Of why that is so crazy about this business. <laughs>
1: What's so crazy
2: about is that we look
1: at companies that, you know, we want them to have earnings and so forth. Now, some of these crazy companies, they don't have earnings. It's like, oh, that's crazy. This is even worse because Nikola has no sales until what? Uh, 2022, I think it is? 2021. 2021. No sales at all, but we're going to have this stock trade up 176% because of what could happen in the future. And that is just craziness.
2: And the other crazy part is you look at that 176% gain, at one point this company was more valuable than Ford, (laughs) it was more valuable than (laughs) Fiat Chrysler. It makes no sense. I mean, that is pure speculation. And in 10 years, don't get me wrong, this company could be worth more than Ford. I don't see that happening, but it very well could be. Right. I, I would
1: again I agree I, I doubt very seriously it's going to happen because they are coming in competition. We know Tesla has a trucks coming out. A big company called Paccar. We know that they're spending billion well probably millions maybe billions on R and D for electric uh, other alternatives and so forth for their
2: big semis. So again, think about competition. And I, I do want to say as well. I, I believe I mean Pacar They have Kenworth, Peterbilt, these right. great names. I do believe at one point this company was more. Had a higher market cap than well, really? <laughs> <laughs> i don't have the exact fact on that but i believe i read that somewhere and i yeah. was like oh my gosh uh, that is terrifying and as i said if it does become you know more valuable than Packard down the road uh, again Packard is working on you know different drivetrains or working on autonomous trucks and so forth they're, they're not just sitting by saying oh well we're not looking at the future right they're gonna have competition but let's say this company does become more valuable than Packard. well they you've already pulled forward all that demand that stock price already justifies that it's higher than packard that doesn't mean it's going to double again then <laughs> it, it, it just it, it makes no sense and these people driving the stock price up as you said congratulations but you better get out and yeah. the problem is you start to see people getting out oh my gosh everybody starts to rush for the exits because it's like well i bought it because it was going up yeah yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of when to go to vegas and, and you win in blatch okay oh yeah this is great it's all hyped but i
1: excited But then you lose money like, okay, well, goodbye. We want to move on. So same thing with the stock there. So uh, let's also, too, uh, talk about uh, do not uh, base your long-term investing success on short-term movements. Um, As we have been saying, it was a nice run-up, and and, and we enjoyed it. But warn people to be cautious. I mean, the market seems to be pulling back once again, but do not panic. The same thing actually happened back in 2009.
2: Yeah, I mean, in in 2009, of course, it was quite – scary you know oh my gosh you know we're coming off the financial crisis things were coming up things were looking quite good but from march 2009 to june 2009 the market had that big run-up and then it had a correction of about 10 percent that started in june now you know that 10 percent correction that essentially after that that's when we started to start that long bull market where things really just yep. kind of escalated quite quickly again over that 10-year period and, and
1: I've been investing for over forty years now, and I obviously went through 2008, 2009. I do remember at the time saying, not just look at where we'll be December 31st of 2009, but think about where you'll be in 2010, 2011. And we did very well over that time frame by being patient. And people they they get out and they don't know when to get back in because and then you start this thing. And we do it in our workshops and our webinars. We talk about happy trading, 19 thoughts of trading, and it shows and people when they're We used to do them live which we'll get back to again uh people say yeah yeah we've seen that before and it's just the emotions start playing into it like like other people we've seen and talked to like yeah i was up to 10 now it's down to three i just don't know what to do i'm it it, it, you don't know what to do because you had no fundamental reason to do what you did other than a guess based on
2: you're not buying the business you're buying the stock price and once the stock price starts to go haywire you have no idea what's going on with that business so you you panic. And and that's why instead of focusing on the stock price movements, with our clients, we focus a lot more on the underlying business, the underlying valuations. Because again, if you don't just focus on, if you focus on just the business, well, yeah, Amazon's a great business. Well, actually they're kind of questionable sometimes (laughs) with their practices, but you know, they, they have great growth and so forth. But that's why, again, you have to understand what's going on with how much you're paying for that company. And, and that's why a lot of our clients don't panic is because they understand that, oh, yeah, we have a company and who really cares what's going on? I mean, this is this is craziness in terms of the stock price movements But we own those companies.
1: Yeah. And and again, I, I've had clients now for 10, 20, some o- over 30 years. Uh, we've ridden up and down through those those periods and so forth. And I can't unfortunately quote over the. Airwaves here, what the returns were because of uh, SEC requirements on advertising, but uh, they've been very happy. Also, I don't think you're gonna stick with somebody for 30 years if you're losing money. I mean, actually, you wouldn't have any money left (laughs) after a few years. But just by doing the right thing, and again, you're not gonna get rich overnight. We 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 do talk about hey, if you can double your money once every seven to 10 years, you you're doing pretty darn good there. But but people they just want that big hit and they want to double their money next month, next year. Uh, and, And I have had those returns over my career. Um, but I, I told people, enjoy it, but don't expect it because it's not normal.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, y- you know, not us personally. I, I, I can say we've done very well since the bottom of the, the, the market decline here. But, you know, mm-hmm. the market's up, you know, gosh, about 40, 45 percent, I want to say, from the lows in a matter of just, you know, a few short months. It, it's not really sustainable. I don't see it going up another 45 no. percent by the end of the year. And as I said, I think people kind of have that that high off of it now, and they expect that. On a sustained basis, and you cannot do that. That's not going to happen. And personally, or us as a company right now, what we're looking at is we're being a little bit more cautious getting into the market. Actually, we don't get into the market, getting into different businesses because things are a little bit more expensive based off the valuations right now. So like I said, we're being a little cautious. I would not be surprised to see a 10% correction over the next couple of weeks here. I I think it's very, very likely as things have come quite high quite quickly. So as I said, be patient. Don't feel like you missed out and oh my gosh, I got to get back in. That's what fuels craziness euphoria yeah it it really does so well let's uh help people out here let's go ahead and open the phone
1: lines uh you got a question on a company you hold or just a general investment question uh please call in at 833-288-0973 again that's 833-288-0973 and as always that'll get you through for your unbiased no strings attached formal opinion about what you want to talk about Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're in the smart investor. Brent Chase, how can we help you?
0: Hi, good morning, guys. The stock I'm looking at is Kroger.
1: Okay, do you hold that or are you looking to buy it?
0: You know, I currently hold it. I've ridden it up from from the low twenties, but earnings are coming out on Thursday, and um, been kind of doing a little research. and Earnings might not be as bright as people think.
1: Yeah, because a lot of these companies, they, they, they did have, you know, the sales came in, but then they had to do all this. You know, they had to install the plastic barriers at the registers. They had to do a lot more cleaning. I mean, I, I go to Vons, and I see them out there cleaning the carts. I mean, that, that's a lot of labor cost.
2: And, well, they also increased pay for a lot of people oh, on, right. on the front line, so right. to speak, of the— uh, <laughs> the pandemic so yeah. there, there were costs that, that elevated for these companies yeah so let's take a little
1: numbers here on Kroger company their symbol is KR uh, we do see a PE ratio of 15.8 that is below the industry at 23.39 uh, price of sales is good 0.2 versus 0.5 price to book value 5.7 versus 9.7 and price of cash flow is 6.1 Versus 10.8. And valuation ratios are very important because it shows you what you're paying for the all these things on the book value, the cash flow and earnings compared to the industry. And you want those to be lower. We do see you get a dividend of 1.98%. They only use 31%. There needs to pay that out. We do see that sales, and these are for numbers ending February 1st, 2020, sales year over year were only up 0.77%. So we'll see a difference now. I guess those will be out, I'll say, ending May uh industry was 4.7 percent earnings per share fell by 44.84 percent year over year industry was up 23 percent. so that's not a good news for kroger we do see a balance sheet with a current ratio of 0. 0.8 uh just below the industry of 0.9 that's probably about as low as i'd want to go for a current ratio before i get kind of worried what i don't like seeing here is debt to equity for kroger is 164 well above the industry at 92 so i don't like seeing that high debt that could cause some problems going down the road return on equity does look very good though yeah. 19.9 versus 18.7 net profit margin 1.2 versus 2.1 receivable turnover 74 versus 50 that is good and inventory turnover 13.7 versus
2: 10.1 chase Looking at Kroger here, the uh, current price thirty two dollars twenty six cents. Fifty two week high thirty six dollars and eighty four cents, and uh, has recovered off that low. Of course, at twenty dollars and seventy cents look forward to January 2022 as the estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $2.52. It would give us a target sell price of $40.82. So I I like that based off the valuations. But I I remember looking at this actually last year and I was like, I I like the idea of a grocery store because, you know, it's something you need. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I, I still just don't see how Amazon can replicate grocery stores quite quickly because I still like to go in and pick my own steak. I like to pick my own vegetables. I don't like somebody else picking them for me. So I, I still think a lot of people believe that. I liked it, but the debt was what kind of scared us off from it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it could do well. But, again, John, I, I kind of agree with you that, that I think the expenses could be higher than they, they expected, which could cause some difficulty in the stock. It's not at the target sell price, but we're not mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, Kroger's at these levels and with a high debt there. All righty? Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Thanks, guys. Okay, John. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line. 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. And, Chase, before we go to the next call, I do want to talk about the automobile sales because we kind of missed it. It was uh, actually a week ago, but it was so important. I don't know how we we missed it. I, I think we just get too busy doing other things. But it's important to to know that automobile sales came in at 12.2 million units uh, that is based on a seasonally adjusted annualized rate. Uh, That was down 29% year over year, but did much better than the uh, forecasted production.
2: I mean, 12.2 million compared to the forecast of 11.1 million, I mean, that, that that's quite strong there. And uh, also in April, that was down 50% year over year. So we are seeing things start to recover to uh, mm-hmm. more normalized levels. Of course, 29% is still uh, quite a decline right. there. But again, you know, it's not going to be all of a sudden we go from down 50% to up 5%. <laughs> you know.
1: and, and the important part here is the recovery part. Because people say, oh, it's going to take five years. We'll never come back. There's a lot of uh, negative people out there thinking that we won't get through this. And, and we will. So we do try to. And again, if you don't follow us on social media, we are on LinkedIn. We're on uh, Facebook <clears throat> under Smart Investing with with Brenton Chase, uh, and we post these things. We we do a couple of posts a day to really try to help you out understand more. And also, we do the newsletter as well. That goes. What does that go out? The newsletter uh, Tuesday
2: went out this morning.
1: Oh, it goes out this morning now. Okay, yeah. I know it used to be it, Tuesday. It goes out either it. Friday evening or Saturday morning. Okay, and a lot of great information on that. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, it is free. Go to our website, smartinvesting 2000com that's smartinvesting2000.com. It's a free newsletter. Just sign up there. And when you're at the website, look around. A lot of great uh, information there as well. All right. Uh, phone number is 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. Let's go up to Carlsbad and speak with Don. Don, you're in the Smart Investor Brent Chase. How can we help you?
0: Yes. Good morning. Good um, morning. My stock that I would like to have you check
1: is Seagate Technology, STX. Already. Uh, why am I not seeing? Oh, there it is. It's uh, Ireland. Ireland, yeah. You, you, you know, and there's talk. Gosh, I think my microphone is uh, kind of slipping here. Uh, th- there's talk that, <clears throat> and we'll get off just a little bit. Well, maybe I'll do it afterwards about yeah. the change in corporate tax rates going forward. So, let's go to Seagate Technology. Uh, and and Don, do you hold that or looking to buy it? i i do hold it and you up you down what do you stand uh i'm up oh well that's good then okay let's take the numbers on seagate <laughs> technology symbols stx uh X. Uh good start here p.e ratio 7.5 versus 13.1 price to sales 1.3 versus 0. 0.5 price to book value 26.8 versus the the industry at not material so that's a positive positive. and price of cash flow 5.8 versus 6.5 now, we do see a, a decent dividend here, 5.1%, and they only use 37% of the earnings to pay that out. That's a positive. Uh, sales, they were down 4.5% year over year. Industry down one6 but earnings per share did climb for Seagate by 8.62% year over year for the last 12 months, but the industry was up 41%. Looking at the balance sheet, I got a current ratio of 1.5 versus 0.98. That is positive. What I don't like seeing here is debt to equity is 229. But it seems to be a high debt industry at 247. Off the top of my head, I don't know why that would be, but that's a very leveraged balance sheet unless we're missing something quickly here. Return on equity is 104 versus 26.82. And it's funny, sometimes I put those two together. It could be they have very low equity because maybe they bought back a lot of stocks. But again, these things I put questions on for you. You have to know the answer to these questions before you actually jump into the stock. Net profit margin, 17.6, well above the industry at 3.8. Receivable turnover is 10.1 versus 6. And then inventory turnover is 7.2 versus 8.3. Chase, what about the numbers?
2: Yeah, so current price here for Seagate $47.71, 52 week high $64.17, and 52 week low $39.02. Now, if I look out to June 2021, I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis $4.66 would give us a target sell price at $75.49. So that looks pretty appealing. One thing I will point out with you know Seagate, I believe there are other competitors Western Digital. I believe those are the two. For some reason, their yeah. valuations have been so low for so long. Um, and I, I just, I don't know why. And it's one thing I would want to understand about the business industry mm-hmm. and just kind of see what's going on there as well as that that high debt is a little concerning. And, and, and the other thing, too, I would want to know more about this,
1: Don, as well, because I, I remember years ago they had, I think, disk drives versus flash drives. It was something that I really got into to understand the differences. And, and I don't remember now the differences, but you want to understand. My concern back then was what if their type of technology becomes obsolete. And that was a big concern with Western Digital and Seagate technology. So do some reading on that, just to make sure that that is not gonna happen. Uh, if not, it's okay. And also too, as I said, look at the debt equity. I think it's a very low equity. It could be too much debt.
2: Or didn't they do like floppy disks or you know, something? Like it was a little bit yeah. questionable technology. It's technically uh,
0: technically a little older uh, 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 technology, and uh, but that's been discussed uh, uh, for years. Mm-hmm. But uh, the stock seems to have been doing pretty well the last two or three years, and uh, so so far so good. But I agree that I don't <laughs> like the debt, uh, debt being that high.
1: Yeah, and you really like checked the debt, because when I did the return equity of, of 104, that does kind of tell me about looking at it. Uh, you, you know, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, l- let me just look to see at the balance sheet, if I can, real quick, to see what uh, uh, the, the equity is. Because I have a, a feeling, we'll see if my feeling is right, that the the equity is very low. Um, and that's why. So let me see the equity for Seagate. Eh, not as low as I thought. 1.8 billion dollars. Um, so that is not as low as I thought it was. So no, that that's that that means it. Well, you know, since I'm here, what is the debt? I'm at the balance sheet. Let me tell you what the debt is. Uh, total debt is 4.1 billion. That is down from 4.5 billion a year ago, but still pretty heavy, about double the the equity, which is a, a worrisome sign. Yeah so okay Don thank you all right thanks for calling have a good one bye-bye all right that does open the phone line 833-288-0973 again that's 833-288-0973 and Chase so important you know we, we go over these numbers for people we kind of tell them what they are and so forth but so important to look at what makes up these numbers and that's why you know, when we buy a company, I mean, depending on what the company is, it's, it's a lot of time of research to look at and understanding these numbers. Well, why was the equity so high? Why was the equity so low? Why? You know, maybe it's not a prompt, but you really got to do the research. And, and we love doing the show, but we always say we're pointing people in the right direction. Uh, you should not be doing it just based on the quick analysis here because there's a lot more to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot going on that, that you got to make sure you understand. Yeah. So, and uh, again, too, is talking about like the industries. You you want to make sure that you know you're not buying. I would say the next Polaroid camera because at one point the valuations on Polaroid probably looked pretty good. Oh yeah, but the industry was was going to be coming obsolete. So even though Seagate may have you know some earnings still, you want to make sure that they're not going to have technology that that will become obsolete. You want to make sure they have other potential income streams that they can compete. In down the road
1: and, and it's funny you bring up Polaroid camera which was uh, back in the 70s it seems about every 20 25 years something really crazy happens with the market back in the 70s <laughs> they had uh, what they called um, the nifty 50 and the thing was like oh just buy these 50 companies and it's fine don't worry about anything else and actually that caused the 73 74 uh, big market downturn about 50%. Now it was because of other factors, but those companies could not hold up. And that's why when we talk about the FANG stocks and all these high tech stocks like you know Netflix and Tesla. Uh, we've seen this story in the past. And it doesn't mean it's going to go down on, on Monday, but it happens over and over again. And, and there's a lot of people right now that have been investing uh, and haven't seen a tech boom and bust. They really don't understand it. Uh, I, I did not see that the uh, uh, nifty 50 drop. Uh, I was still in, uh, I think I graduated high school in 74. So I I remember, and I was, I remember taking a a class and I was talking about um, Chrysler back then because it was going through uh, problems. But you don't learn from this stuff unless you go through it. And people think it's, oh, and I have the one I love. Oh, it's different this time. It's not different. You cannot pay for businesses that don't have Earnings, let alone revenue, um, you've got to look at what you're paying if you're a long-term investor. If you're a gambler, yeah, you you might do well for, who knows, three, six, maybe 12 months, who knows. But long-term, you won't do well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I know you kind of touched on it. Did you want to talk about the corporate inversions? Is that what you were going down with Ireland? Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- thanks
1: for bringing <laughs> that up. Yeah, but, and, and I, I don't get it political here, but it, it is one thing that worries me, uh, and and you base it on, you judge on base what you think we're, we're talking about, but uh, there's a, a presidential election coming up, and it's very important because uh, about four years ago, before President Trump got in office, uh, we were losing businesses, corporations to places like Ireland because the corporation said, wait a minute, United States you are charging us like 30%, 35% on corporate taxes. Their obligation is do what's right for the shareholders, not for the United States, not for the country. I know it sounds bad. Not for the government. Not for the government, exactly. So what they said is like, well, we can take our corporate offices and move them to another place like Ireland and reduce our taxes by a huge amount. And I remember, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, oh, my, this is terrible, and so forth. But their obligation is to the shareholders. Well, now, the election coming up, we know what President Trump wants to do. He wants to keep those low because he understands if you raise the corporate taxes, corporations have to do what's best. Unfortunately, the the Democrat nomination, uh, Joe Biden, he wants to raise corporate taxes again. I'm thinking, didn't you see what happened four years ago when he was actually the vice president?
2: Yeah, and it, it's just it's something you got to watch out for because, I, as you said, I mean, these companies will find a way to make money, and you can't force them to stay. You cannot, ma- you can't write legislation that says you have to stay, and the funny thing is the more legislation you add, the more loopholes that <laughs> right, come about. That great. So it, it, it's just something that, that you got to be cautious of because kind of speaking on the corporate tax rate, if the corporate tax rate goes up, you're going to see a decline in the stock market. Yeah. I can't say that 100% certainty, but you got to think. Well, corporate taxes go up, earnings come down. That is going to have a negative impact on the valuation multiple that you look at. So then prices would have to be adjusted to represent that fact. So you know, be cautious with it. Uh, you know, think about the long-term impact of a, a rising corporate tax rate. And also, by the way, corporate tax. Revenue does not make up nearly as much as personal tax revenue. So don't think these corporations are ripping off the American people.
1: Right. And the other thing, too, is that they tell, oh, the, only the rich invest in the in stock market. I, I would love to have a poll of all our listeners. Uh, I think we have very few what they would call ultra rich people. You probably billionaires, have billionaires. Yeah. Billionaires, yeah. I mean, uh, most people that, that listen to our show and that are clients, I mean, um, y- y- you might have somewhere between a hundred to maybe a million dollar in investment portfolio. Um And being invested properly, it helps you a lot because your money can grow. I'll, I'll just throw out numbers: five, ten, fifteen percent. Don't wanna control the sec i'm quoting returns um, but you can do much better than sitting in a bank account at 0.3 uh, percent so it, it is important for the average person and and what really irritates me anybody can invest it's not like you're limited in, at all you don't anybody have anybody should invest yeah and not anybody everybody should <laughs> yeah. invest and, and even if you only have you know 10 15 20 dollars a week to start with and you're 20 years old that's okay get started because the big in, uh, benefit of investing is long-term compounding. And if you start off when you're younger and you do whatever you can, and I've always said if you put away 10% of what you make for your lifetime, you will never have to worry about retirement. You will do fine, but that's if you invest it properly not gambling, not stock trading, but invest in good quality businesses. So.
2: I mean, yeah, I was, I was having a conversation. Uh, we, we actually have a kind of intern in the office right now, kind of just uh, briefly helping her out and stuff. And I was telling her, it's always funny when people, you know, say, oh, stocks are just so risky. You know, I, I, I used to do it and now I just, you know, I don't do stocks. How can you say over the last 50 years that stocks are risky? <laughs> if you just invested in, you know, good quality, companies, wow, you did pretty darn good. But if you start doing these crazy things, yeah, you probably didn't do very well. But stocks are not risky. You always say, you know, people make them risky by doing silly things. Yep. If you just invest properly, stocks are not risky. And yes, you're gonna have downturns. Yes, you're gonna have the financial crisis. But again, even with the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, if you stayed invested, hey, you did pretty well. Right. <laughs> you know? it, it, it's just an unfortunate kind of uh, connotation people have with stocks
1: yeah and if you do investing properly the way that we talk about doing it you don't panic you don't get the emotions because you don't have these high ups and downs and yes you and we always tell people when you invest with us you're gonna have losing months losing quarters Uh, out of a seven-year period probably a couple losing years that's going to happen when you do that but again you've got to look at where you'll be longer term and that's where it's so funny where people with money have invested longer term they do fine but the person that goes in and out, in and out, or, or tries to do all the fancy high flying, you know, te- fang stocks and so forth, yeah, it works for a while. And a while could be three, four, five, six years, but it doesn't work long term. And then you're left with nothing. So, all right, let's get back to the calls here. Uh, phone number is 833 288 0973. 833 288 0973. Let's go out to San Diego and speak with Peggy. Peggy, you're in the Smart Investment Brent Chase. How can we help you?
2: Good morning, Brett and Chase. Good morning. I'd like to ask you about Tyson Foods, T S N.
1: Do you hold that or looking at buying it?
2: I'm thinking of buying it. I've gotten several uh, unsolicited emails on it. And when I get three then I call you.
1: Okay. Where do you get the unsolicited emails from?
0: Uh just different people trying to sell their newsletters. Oh.
1: okay. I, I get so, all kinds of emails okay (laughs) all right i I get a lot of emails too they're they're sometimes overwhelming so but um maybe get something good here uh we'll talk about tyson foods and again they did go through a price fixing thing which i think tyson's going to come out the best it was price fixing yeah
2: they're helping actually with the investigation yeah um so it's it seems like they're opening up the doors and you know i always thought it's kind of funny how can you really fix the price of chicken you know, um, against your competitors, it, it's supply and demand when, yep. when you don't need as much demand, you don't need as much supply. So they're they're moving around the supply and demand. I don't, I don't understand it. Yep.
1: So, all right, so let's take a look at the Tyson Foods, symbol TSN, good start here. Peggy PE ratio, 11.5, well below the industry at 23.3. Price of sales, wow, 0.5 versus 1.2. Unfortunately, no price attainable book value for the company or the industry. And that means you take away all the intangible assets. There's no equity or value to the company. We do see price of cash flow another good number, 7.2, well below the industry at 17.9. Uh, dividend yield not too bad, 2.7. And they only use 31%. They're earnings to pay that out. Sales were up 6.9% year over year. Industry, it was up only 0.9. Now earnings per share for Tyson did fall by 4% when the industry was up 175%. So something strange there. Uh, I would look at to understand why Tyson Foods earnings went down when uh, the sales were up. And, again, these are numbers for March 28, 2020. So it could be that they had some problems, obviously, which we know they did not have uh, <coughs> during the coronavirus situation. Uh, return to equity is 14.1, and that is better than the industry at 9.9. Net profit margin, well, that's 4.6, just under the industry at 5.3. Receivable return over 21.3. Double the industry at 12.4, and inventory turnover very good as well, 9.7 versus 6.3. Chase, what about the earnings going forward?
2: Yeah, so looking at current price here for Tyson Foods, $62.20. 52-week highs, $94.24, and then that 52-week low $42.57. I look at it as September 2021. I see estimated earnings per share on a gap basis, $6.03 would give us a target sell price of $97 and 69 cents. So I like the numbers here, Peggy. Uh, I I think it's a a good business. There's been a lot of negative press on it uh, in regard to some of their facilities having COVID producing employees basically. Uh, But again, once we kind of get through those headlines, I I think you'll see that their business practices are, you know, not as bad as people are making them out to be. And I think once we get through the scenario, I I think that the stock can do quite well because people still need to eat that beef, chicken, Pork, pork, and they also do have alternative meats as well. Ballpark pork franks, I think they have, and something I think that's. Well, more. I was refer- I was referring more to the hybrid meat, oh, hybrid. Okay, right, the, yeah. the kind of beyond meat, beyond meat. type type business. Yeah. So they also are looking more towards that as well.
1: And, and Peggy, we, we do like this company because it's a food company. You're always going to have to eat the food, and we like to buy a business when it's going through a quote-unquote difficult time that we can see that they can get out of that situation 6, 12, maybe 18 months down the road. This is when I think it's a good time to buy a good quality company like Tyson Foods. All righty.
2: All right. Thanks. I'll keep an eye on it.
1: Okay, Peggy. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line, 833-288-0973. That's 833-288-0973. Let's go out to Chula Vista and speak with Kevin. Kevin, you're on The Smart Investor on Brent and Chase. How can we help you?
0: Hey guys, uh, appreciate the program. Nice break from uh, the uh, sports stuff, which has gotten to be absolutely ludicrous over the last uh, several weeks. Yeah, I, <laughs> thank I can goodness imagine. this comes on. <laughs> yeah. anyway, thank you. I just want to. I just want to. Yeah, you guys want to come on more often. That's fine. You in the fishing show? Take <laughs> over this. Pro, take over this station, man. It's just a nice relief from the nonsense. So anyway, go back and piggyback what you said about. Uh, if Joe Biden gets in or the Democrats and, you know, of course, they've got this anti-rich person mentality because it plays well to the uneducated masses. Let me remind everybody that CalPERS invest heavily into the market. And we are already if you're a CalPERS member, uh, going to be a CalPERS retiree soon, you have a vested interest in a healthy stock market. Because if you don't, those losses come right back down to the state of California, right down to your local municipalities. They're going to be in debt over their ears trying to pay off the the losses. Uh, CalPERS passes those losses on to the various government entities, and everybody goes broke at that point. So it doesn't matter whether you like or hate the current president. The alternatives that are out there, because we have so many – uneducated public school people that don't understand money and they don't understand the economy and don't understand who really participates and makes this economy go. Uh, It's a scary period of time right now because of the rhetoric out there that's irresponsible. And a lot, most of it comes from a media that is so uneducated. And that's why if you, you know, ask people, what should we be doing at this point to help out this situation? I think it's up to us in our generation that has been educated. We're going to have to reprogramming, you know, a lot of these younger folks that just haven't been taught a damn thing about money.
1: And, and Ken, you're bringing a, a good point, too, about CalPERS. It's not just CalPERS. It's many company pension plans. It's other state pension plans across the country. People think they have no money invested in the stock market. They don't realize that they they do from their pension plans. And, and you're so right. If, if they turn things around and the stock market goes down, their pension could be a lot lower than they thought and 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 sometimes to maybe not even be there if the company goes bankrupt.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and the sad yeah. thing, I, I'm kind of glad you brought it up as well, Kevin, is because the sad thing is a lot of people participate in a 401k and then they think, oh, it's it's just the rich people that do stocks. It's like, well, actually, if you're in a 401k, <laughs> you're doing stocks indirectly through the mutual funds, that, uh, target date funds, which I hate. But, you know, you're still right. doing it, investing in the stock market. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're so right on, on uh, nailed the, nailed the uh, nail on the head there, uh, talking about people's exposure to the stock market, even though they don't realize it. And gosh, uh, you know, we, we could talk about CalPERS for quite a while as there is uh, some other issues, but <laughs> they do invest to pay out that pension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and, and, and we
1: try to talk about it, and it's so funny. We're on social media, and, and, the, and the people just get so confused thinking that only the rich are the ones buying the stocks, and it is such a misconception that, I don't want to get political, but that the, the Democrats want people to blank. <laughs> I guess I got political. But the Democrats want people to believe that, oh, those, those rich people, they're doing, they are the ones that benefit. They don't want them to know that you do benefit as a middle class person, even a lower class person, just starting out, that you are benefiting from stocks going up. And and we call them stocks, but we also say they're businesses. You own American businesses that should do very well. But you gotta be patient with it. It's not
2: just gambling. Stock market people, think and the it is. beautiful thing about the stock market is it does not discriminate against anyone. That's right. Um, you know anybody can go to Charles Schwab and open an account and you know start investing. Of course, the thing is you do have to make educated decisions when it comes to investing. But, you know, anybody can start an investment account.
1: And that's why the Smart Investing Show is here to help people make those (laughs) education (laughs) decisions. So, Kevin, thank you so much for for, uh, contributing on that because it is something that that is important for people to understand. And and you're so right. A lot of people don't get it. And uh, it's a shame. So we keep telling people through our thing and and you keep telling the other people as well. Maybe we'll get uh, some people to understand, younger people to understand what it's really about. All righty? Thank you, guys. Okay, Kevin, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, it is so important. Uh, oh, by the way, phone number is 833. That does open all phone lines. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. And I was just thinking, I, we're going to talk about uh, the you know, the concerns on, on children learning from home during these times. It's It's been terrible. But I'm just thinking, too, that a lot of teachers, how do I phrase this? A lot of great teachers out there. But a lot of teachers are more uh, liberal, I guess, more on, on the Democrat side than on conservative, and it's a shame because they're talking to our children. But yet the teachers, their pension plans co- are invested in the stock market, which benefits from the other
2: side. Yeah, you look I, what mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I, I, was, I, I, wait, I, I uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, you're, you're kind of tiptoeing, and yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, without getting political. The, the The main point I I want to push across here is. Investing is so important because it, it drives the economy. Yeah. I mean, you, you have trillions and trillions of dollars out there, and a lot of that is in the stock market. Yeah. And people don't realize, oh, I hate the big corporations. Well, you hate the big corporations. That's funding people's retirements. If we had a, a huge collapse in the stock market, people wouldn't be able to retire. People that love their pension plans, oh, I'm so happy, you know, public service workers. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's not just CalPERS, it's all the different pension plans. They're investing into the stock market to grow wealth. So again, if you have this misconception that oh, it's only for rich people, that is extremely false. And again, go open an investment account, Then, if you think it's for rich people, they got rich some way, (laughs) you can go start investing. I mean, uh, uh, we have a great story of um, one of our clients they just invested and invested and I, I don't want to give the dollar amount, but they lived a you know, a, a good life mm-hmm. and had this huge stock portfolio that nobody would ever guess they would have had.
1: And and that's that's uh happens many times. We've seen many people where, you know, that they started off with me, you know, thirty, forty years ago, uh, didn't have a whole lot, you know, and, and then they became millionaires twenty, thirty years later by investing properly, putting into the account. Uh, growing of dividends, that's another thing that people don't think about. Growing of the dividends is so important that you get it from a corporation because that's the value of prices increasing. That is passed on to the shareholders. We have companies in the portfolio that we got 10, 12 years ago. We were going to yield of 3 or 4%. Now the yield's are around 15%. Why? Because the company made more money and they increased the uh, the actual dividends. So, but it takes time. That's what people don't get. It, it, it takes time. So... All right, uh, let's go back to the phones again. Phone number is 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Let's go to San Diego and speak with Jim. Jim, you're in the Smart Radio Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Jim there?
0: It's on uh, a mining stock, which usually they're kind of they don't pan out but uh it's kirkland lake K-L.
1: k l okay so it's just k l as a symbol yes yeah,
0: yeah I think okay. they're a canadian company, but they have uh they trade on the as per n y s c
1: okay uh and do you hold that or looking to buy it
0: well, i hold a little bit a few shares not a lot and,
1: and i'm not i'm not able to get anything on that are you able to get anything on this chase i mean i
2: i have the estimates on it yeah. um let me see if i can get the uh numbers on it yeah because I, I i can't pull up anything that oh. does say canada and i always i mean i i can look at the valuation yeah. ratios yeah I, I i don't know why i can't get it oh, okay I, I, yeah so you, i i do yeah, have well chase has it yeah, yeah. chase just go get yeah, uh, unfortunately yeah. i can't compare to the industry average but i can kind of give you some, some numbers some on numbers. it here so looking at kirkland lake gold uh the current pe for it 12.56 that looks okay current price of sales 6.22 Current price of tangible book value 2.4 and current price of cash flow 11.48. I mean, uh, it doesn't look like, wow, the great value here, but th- there doesn't look appear to be any numbers that, that would be of major concern in the valuations. And, and I would like to maybe compare this against a Newmont uh, or, or something else that does have the, the commodity type business. Uh, current dividend here, 1.42%, only use 9.8% of their earnings to pay out that dividend. So that's nice. Uh, looking at growth rates, sales growth over the last 12 months. while wow, that's up 59.38%. And earnings per share that grew 84.96% over the last 12 months. Uh, I, I'm guessing that the price of gold has perhaps increased, which is benefiting them. But again, we want to understand: Well, how did they grow sales and earnings so much that they go through a plateau where they just weren't having, you know, any sales or people? The gold prices were extremely depressed for this company. Definitely want to understand that. Looking at the financial strength, uh, that looks very strong for the business. Current ratio here, 1.51, so plenty of liquidity. And then total debt to equity, essentially zero. It's 0.61%, so very strong balance sheet for Kirkland Lake Gold. Looking at management effectiveness, the return on capital for the last 12 months, very strong, 18.3. Generally, like to see that number above 10, so we achieve that metric. And return on equity, normally like to see above 15 for Kirkland Lake, it's at 22.87. Profitability ratios, Income after tax, forty percent. Wow, that is a huge profit margin. Definitely would want to dive into the income statement and see what's going on there. And then efficiency rece- receivable turnover, one hundred three, and inventory turnover, in- inventory turnover is seven.
1: Yeah, and actually, I did uh, pull it up, so I do have the earnings estimates going forward. So we'll kind of flip flop it around this time. And uh, they closed on Friday at thirty-six dollars and sixty-nine cents. Their high for the year is forty-nine ninety-seven. With a low of 1890 kind of surprised because i thought gold was pretty close to the high which this is kind of trades off of but again current price 36.69 that's a large company market cap of 10.1 billion dollars now going out to december 2021 based on GAAP earnings we're looking for earnings per share of three dollars and 53 cents does give you a target sell price of 57.19 dollars 19 but we do want to point out this is a mining company. Uh, we don't know how much they actually get from gold. It could Sometimes these companies do gold, nickel, silver, other things as well. You do want to understand that, but if it's strictly gold, you got to be careful because we don't see inflation actually coming up for another couple of years or so, maybe, maybe a year. This may not do very much during that time frame.
2: And the other thing that concerns me with gold miners and, and miners in general is, I mean, it, it does trade off not just the business operations but mm-hmm. the price of the commodity. So I mean you look at, you know, 2018 they made a dollar 29, then all of a sudden it jumped up to 265. Now that happened from business operations most likely not. So I, I just always caution people cuz the earnings can fluctuate all over the place where you know things can look very very good and then all of a sudden gold prices either stabilize or fall and all of a sudden the, the company doesn't do that well either and, and gold to me is very hard to predict what right. the price is going to be.
1: Right. And, and we we viewed, in my 40 years, we used gold once as a hedge. Uh, did well on it. But as an investment, it just worries me because I can't tell you what it's really worth. And As Chase pointed out, too, when you buy the companies, you can have great fundamentals, but if gold moves the opposite direction, you're not going to do well. All right, Jim?
0: All right. Thanks, Brent and Chase. Yeah, it seems to be one of the better um, well-run companies. They have mines, I think, in Australia also. But um, yeah, what you said is very true about gold. Do,
1: do they do more than just gold? Do you know or? Uh?
0: I I think no. Actually, I think a lot of it their primary is gold. I'm I'm pretty sure about that.
1: Okay. Well, good. Well, Jim. Uh, thanks for calling. Have a good one.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. All right. That opens the phone line. Eight three three. Two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again, that's eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Kind of a slow day on the phone today, Chase. Maybe because it's so nice outside.
2: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it is a very lovely day. But uh, I was just gonna kind of say too on uh, gold. You know, one one thing that does I, I kind of point out as well as like oil companies right oil at least is a little bit easier to kind of understand because it is based off you know the economic output and supply Supply and demand demand of of what's going on there so it's a little bit easier to understand because we have bought oil companies in the past you know refineries and so forth uh we were we were pretty big on refiners earlier this year actually um when when they did get quite depressed in prices but that's because we can see oil and gasoline it makes sense you know when the economy is going well well, you know, you'll have that drawdown. And you can kind of read into that. Gold again is just—it's more of an emotional buy for me uh, than than more of the yeah. supply and demand factors.
1: Yeah, because oil is also used in uh, asphalt. It's used in plastics, chemicals, perfume. So it's it's a used commodity. Where gold, some I, I guess jewelry, jewelry. <laughs> and I think that I, I I have seen I think it is used a little bit maybe in technologies on some things maybe some some things i thought i saw that very small
2: there's some commodities that that are used in it more prevalently but yeah but but i'd rather have a commodity like an oil that you can
1: actually see that's used for producing something or doing something you can see supply demand then but gold is just it 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 really is it's based on what the next person will pay for it um, or expectations going forward uh, supposed to be a great great inflation hedge, but they've actually looked at if you looked at gold back from I think like the 80s till now, they since been a terrible inflation hedge. So it's more of a emotional inflation hedge on the short term.
2: Uh, excuse me. That's what I don't understand is we've had inflation for many many years, <laughs> and then shouldn't gold do very well? Yeah, you know, and I, I, there's periods where gold has done well. I know we always talk about the commercial where had you bought gold in 2012 <laughs> and sold it in 2015, you would have made X amount. And it's like, oh, OK, great. But <laughs> yeah. most likely people, when they do well in that, they're going to continue to hold it.
1: And, and Chase, we start off the show talking about uh, what the pandemic will cost the US economy. Let's close the show with uh, children learning from home during these difficult times it has not gone well. Uh, The numbers are in for the kids learning from home, and they fall far short of expectations, which is no surprise to me, and left many kids missing. They just don't even know where these kids are. Uh, Many times, kids have not been attending, such as in Los Angeles. 32% of high school students did not log in to learn. It was also discovered that about 9.7 million students nationwide were surprisingly not connected to
2: the Internet. Yeah, and the, the the concern I have here is uh, we want kids to get back to school in the fall. Obviously, I, I think it is summertime now, right? Yep. <laughs> I yeah. I don't even know they're, you know. they're out for the summer. Who <laughs> <Yeah>. knows? <laughs> but it, I think it is important to get kids back to school in the fall just for, for parents' sake as well because it's not just the children that aren't getting the same type of education that they should be getting. It's the parents that are having to take on new responsibilities. While they're learning more about their job, mm-hmm. they have to also kind of help guide the kids as a, almost a part-time teacher And also, if they have to go back to work, well, who's supposed to help the kids with their homework? Who's supposed to watch the kids? That could also slow down the economy and uh, could be a a detriment if we do keep the kids home. It's going to force the parents to stay home as well.
1: And and also, too, I mean, there's some parents that, you know, again, they they didn't go to college. They they may not have the education to help their kids, and it really puts some kids at a disadvantage. I mean, I have a master's degree. uh, You know, my... Uh, ex-wife had a master's degree, so we could actually teach our kids. But a lot of parents aren't in that situation to help their kids with the homework in the school.
2: I'm going to disagree with you there. I, oh, I don't okay. even know. I, I remember in high school I said, hey, can you help me with this calculus <laughs> problem? And you said, <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know if I look back now, like, gosh, there's a lot of you know stuff that you learned in high school and, and middle school that I don't even think I'd be able to help kids with. I mean, it is just such a... Uh, <laughs> A pinpointed right. skill essentially and a lot of parents are like I, I don't remember learning that <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> and, and, and I,
1: I got to defend myself because I probably could have figured it out but what I wanted to do <laughs> was I wanted you to teach yourself and this is one thing that irritates me is that I, I didn't ever want to do too much I want you to learn how to be self-sufficient my my thing always one if I give you a fish today you'll be back tomorrow <laughs> for a fish if I teach you how to fish, you'll never be back because you'll learn how to do it. All right. <laughs> Got to close with that. So uh, thank you for listening to Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information on investing tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Woolsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters. Closing song, Frank Sinatra, My Way, performed by local entertainer Roman Palacios. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week. I did all that.
2: And may I say, not in a shot.
1: This program is sponsored and produced by Wilsey
0: Asset Management. Opinions and offers expressed during this program are not those of Intercom Communications or 97.3 The Fan.